The Big Play Reflog Show is brought to you by ShackNews.com. Shack News is the place to be for all your gaming needs with news, guides, walkthroughs, and reviews. Like this week's featured review of the new game, Pokemon Legends Arcarus. Arcus? Arcus. Sure, let's go with that. Arceus. And remember, you could join in on the conversation and customize your feed using the Shack News Cortex and Shack News Reader. And they do more than just video games over at Shack News to be so be sure to check out their Shack Pets app to view, upload, and vote on the cutest pet picks. If you're a gamer, Shack News is the site for you. Check them out on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch at the handle at Shack News and at ShackNews.com. It's time! Streaming live from Cleveland, Ohio! Presenting the undefeated, undisputed heavyweight podcast of the world the big play All righty, welcome to the Big Play Reflog Show. I'm your host, Nick Padone, hanging out alongside the coach, Mr. Chris McNeil. Chris, what's going on? How you doing, Nick? Happy Hugh Jackson Day. I've got my little figurine, my little Hugh Jackson uh, bobblehead here, or cut out of wood, Hugh Jackson, 131. <laughs> annual event here in Cleveland to commemorate him. Hugh going one and 31 with the Cleveland Browns over two years span. Owen 16 included in that. So happy Hugh Jackson day to you, Nick. Happy Hugh Jackson day to you. What a memorable, what a memorable time. Awful, awful, memorable time. What a day that we get to celebrate it here with (laughs) the division AFC North champion Cincinnati Bengals going up against Odell Beckham Jr.'s Rams in the Super Bowl. We'll talk about that, but we're going to kick it off first with Power Rank Monday. Talk some of our favorite Winter Olympic sports with that kicking off very soon. Yeah. Then we're on to our featured interview with Samantha Profiti of the Action Network. That'll be some fun, man. Talk some sports betting, talk some fantasy football with Samantha. That'll be good. After that, we'll be doing Cavs trivia. Who wants to be a billionaire? Well, hopefully, Chris, we keep this streak alive of giving away yeah. Labatt t-shirts. Got to keep it alive. Cavs are on right now, so hopefully we could get a winner tonight. Then we're going to get into some Cleveland headlines presented by Total Sports Enterprises. Cleveland will wrap things up with the best and worst tweets of the week. Without further ado, it's back. Let's get it into Power Rank Monday. It's time for Power 
Rank Monday. All righty, Power Rank Monday on the Big Play Reflog Show. The Winter Olympics begin this Friday from Beijing. So we are going to Power Rank our favorite Winter Olympic events. I just realized I don't have Big Play Dave's ding. So Chris, we're going to start ding. it off with you. Give me your number three favorite Winter Olympic event. My number three. Ding. Curling. Curling. Isn't it fantastic? It seems like a, a real drinkers type of sport, you know, like bowling, yeah. like golf. Curling's just the equivalent of bowling on ice, right? With big old stones. I think that's a, that's a fantastic sport. And uh, something I know, it always catches fire every single Olympics. Like there's always these groups that start up and get really into it. And uh, so I'm always excited to watch that. Usually the guys who are doing it too look like, you know, you and I. Right. They don't look like, quote unquote, athletes as much as uh, just guys off their couch looking for something to do. So curling is definitely one of those that I tune in for in the Winter Olympics. Yeah, definitely a great time. Would you would you rather be the the guy that throws it or would you rather be a broomer? A thrower, a thrower. The a broomer thrower? seems okay. like. Yeah, yeah. Because the broomer seems like he works kind of for the guy like. I don't know. I know yeah, they do most it, of the, the work. pressure is probably on the broom guy, right? Like that's where the right. pressure really sits. Yeah, it seems like there's a lot of pressure, but I don't know. Ultimately, it almost feels like they would give a lot of credit to the guy who actually threw it at the end of the day. Right. Like, right. You're hey, that was a heck of a it. shot. And it's like, well, no, it was really the broom guy. And then the broom guy, you know, doesn't get all the credit. It's kind of stolen valor by the guy throwing the rock. So I, I think I want to be the thrower, I think. All right, Chris, give me it to your number two. My number two. Ding. Downhill skiing. I love the downhill event. That's always fun. Always high speed. It's it, You know, it's got that part of it that's kind of like NASCAR, too, where you're kind of looking for the accidents and stuff, and you don't want to yeah. see anybody get hurt. But uh, at the same time, man, they're they're flying down there, and it's, it's uh, always interesting to see them, you know, when they hit the wall and stuff. And I, I don't know. It's just insane. You know, being a skier myself of not nearly anywhere in the, <laughs> that talent level, but going downhill like that is scary, man. And to see these people risk life and limb for, for a medal is just incredible to me. So always exuberating to see them, uh, see them do that. And we'll talk a little bit with Samantha. She happens to be uh, now a certified trainer or certified ski patrol, certified whatever, um, out there at Breckenridge. A lifeguard of snow people. A lifeguard of snow people. That's exactly right. So uh, that's fantastic. And, and we'll talk to her more about skiing as ski season is upon us. And with more snow yet to dump on this Thursday and Friday, I'm sure like Holiday Valley. And, yeah, all our places down here, uh, you know, we got snow trails and uh, – you know, the, basically the cornfields at Columbus where we ski in. So uh, we'll be getting some more snow. So we'll get you prepped for the skiing. My number one. Ding. Wearing the jersey. Labatt is a sponsor. Nick, I got to go hockey. Go USA. I tell you, as Love a kid, it. I always loved, always loved. I didn't care much for hockey for the most part. I We didn't really have the Blue Jackets until like 96. So there wasn't much out there before they had like the lumberjacks up north. 
but uh, I always got into USA hockey. It seems like everybody rallies around that team. So that's my number one still, Nick. I'll be looking for those those hockey players out there, and hopefully the USA can make us proud. Yeah, that would be a lot of fun. I saw odds today. The USA is plus 1,400 to win, quote-unquote, the Winter Olympics. So to get like the most the most medals. I think Norway was like pretty heavy favorite over there, but USA pretty, pretty solid underdogs at plus 1400 there. Wow. Okay. Got to show up and show out. (laughs) Yeah. Got to pull the upset. The old American. Katie Naget walking through that door (laughs) for the winter Olympics. Yeah. Right. She can't do it for us. This is for you. No, no viral big play refog moments. What are we doing over here? Northeast Ohio. We got, Ski slopes. We got snowboarding. People training in Boston Mills for the Olympics. <laughs> that happens, right? Yeah. The, ride the ski lift up, buckle in that helmet, and ride right on down. <laughs> All righty. My number What's three. My number three, I'm Luge. going with Luge. The you Luge. ever see that? Where they oh, like yeah. sit down. Oh, that's insane. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like a... I don't I don't really even understand how they judge that, but to me it's like a water park in the snow. You know what yeah, I mean? Like you're going is, down yeah. really fast. Yeah. It's a good time. It's it's something that you could watch for like 10 minutes and then you're like, all right, how much more could I watch of this? And it's insanely uh, precise too. Yeah. I mean, it's it like, is. oh, he really wrecked. I mean, going around that last, oh boy, he was way on the outside. <laughs> It's like, that's going to cost him a 10th of a second. That's killer right there. He'll never make that up. It's like, wow, really? That's insane. All of that seems super dangerous too. (laughs) It can't be safe. I thought, wasn't that the event where the one person died? Unfortunately, I think last time, like flew off the track. Oh, really? I think that really happened. Yeah. I think it was that it may have been like the skeleton or something, but one of those events, somebody, somebody did unfortunately die. I think at Sochi Olympics. Jeez. I could be a little bit off, but uh, yeah, you, yeah. I mean, like you're, most you're, of these you're, things are dangerous. Like most, yeah. other than curling, like we're we're talking about like some real life or death stuff here. Like not to not to poke fun at the Summer Olympics, but God, you, you got people taking home gold for table tennis, and meanwhile, these people are <laughs> turning themselves into human torpedoes, sledding down <laughs> ice like on their bare it's rear so end. It's kind of crazy. All right, my number two, ding. I went with curling. I think I would want to be a broom guy. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, no real you'd be the broom guy. Yeah, I could see you yeah, as a broom guy. No real rhyme or reason behind it. I just think that there. I've never once broomed ice. I've I've shoveled snow. I've done the thing where you try to get under you, the Nick? ice, and but I've never once like taken a broom to ice. So I don't really understand how that would work. So yeah, maybe curling is a bucket list thing for me. Maybe we'll have to make that. We'll happen have to do with it. Our, with Labat, yeah, but get a get Seems some like Labats going. Seem like yeah. the natural. They know the rink and everything else. I mean, Labat's right. got to like sponsor a bunch of leagues already. So we'll just jump in with a big play team. Yeah, big play curling team. Big get play get curling. like, what do you wear? Do they wear jerseys? Do you wear jackets? I don't care. I'd wear a jersey. I mean, wouldn't you? I think it'd be natural. You'd have to wear like yeah. a jersey, right? Right, because you would want to be more is free. What they would call it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Cause you wouldn't want to wear like a puffy North Face winter jacket and be out there trying to like broom the snow. No. No. Yeah, you Although, need to be more 
our team, yeah, we would have to get like those sleek, like skeleton type of suits that just like show everything, (laughs) zip them all the way up. All these other teams are out there in parkas and stuff, and we got these sleek jerseys or these sleek bodies. It's our intimidation factor, Chris. That's how we win. That's how we go into the curling, the curling world championships and win. All right, my number one ding. I feel like this is big for my generation, especially just with like. Kind of being a late '90s kid, like a late '90s kid, snowboarding. No, oh, yeah. I was always big into skateboarding. I always kind of like at least kept a finger pulse on the X Games and things of that sort. So like the snowboarding is just that in the snow. So like when you had Sean White a couple of years back yeah. and like the big fun that that was, especially like here for America and the United States, like man, that was entertaining to watch that run. So I'm going to go with snowboarding. That's just like always been one of my favorite. Sean White. Have you seen, I saw an interview with him just this week and I I couldn't hear what he was saying, but (laughs) I I remember when he was like coming up and he had the crazy hair and he was just like, you know, completely just exactly what you would think of when you think of a a snowboarder, which is basically, you know, a, a skateboarder with snow. Yep. And uh, that's the way he dressed. He acted. Now he looks like a college professor or something. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's crazy. He's grown up, Chris. I'm but getting old, man. I'm getting snowboarding. Old. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. That's something I've done before. I would love to get back. It's hard. It. Snowboarding is freaking hard. Yeah, it is. But if I always said if you could ride a skateboard, you could ride a snowboard. And I was always able to ride mm-hmm. a skateboard. So I was able to snowboard because it's you just dodge your wrench. You can dodge a ball. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, good stuff there. Power Rank Monday, always a blast. We'll keep talking snow sports, but we also have to talk some football here. On this Monday evening, we're getting into our featured interview with Samantha NFL. Here we go. All righty, on the Labatt Blue Hotline, joining us out there from the snowy Colorado, Samantha Profiti joins the Big Play Reflog Show from the Action Network. Samantha, what is going on? Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I sound a little raspy because I've been a little under the weather, but um, just been enjoying everything that Colorado has to offer here. She's playing hurt and she came in for us we appreciate this samantha yeah i uh i don't think it's COVID or anything but i got tested just in case we needed we required that for the show of course <laughs> obviously <laughs> of course sure. yeah that's right safety first here on the big play reflog show yes yeah, so we didn't want to it... send it over the airwaves to you and <laughs> exactly. your esteemed uh listeners <laughs> yeah, as long as you have a pending test that's good with the big play reflog show well, I know it's early um, here, but have you been able to break down this Super Bowl matchup yet? Obviously, we just saw you know these games end. Here in Ohio, Samantha, we'll give you full disclosure, at least myself, and I think speaking for Chris as well, it's a little conflicting. We're up here in Cleveland. You got the Cincinnati Bengals going to the Super Bowl, and we kind of treated them like little brother for the last couple of years. And then you got on the other side, the Los Angeles Rams, who have kind of turned to be a little bit of an unlikable team for us in Northeast Ohio with Odell Beckham Jr. joining them. Have you been able able to break down this Super Bowl matchup yet where are you at with it early on 
Yeah, it's so, so interesting. I mean, I literally saw a tweet uh, today that was like, if you were rebuilding a franchise or building it from the ground up, would you rather have Patrick Mahomes or Joe Burrow? So that is how much hype <sighs> we're talking about at this point. Um, I mean, people were, and I saw a lot of people responding Joe Burrow because the dude yeah. has ice in his veins and he's like the new Tom Brady or something like that. I mean, it's been obviously really, really crazy to watch their run. I don't think anyone ever really, really predicted anything like this and um i full disclosure my boyfriend is a huge uh browns fan himself and the only thing that i've heard all all about this is just like oh well we swept them in the series this year so That's like right. it doesn't, nothing matters by the transitive property you guys should be in the super bowl and thank you for recognizing that i completely agree <laughs> with your boyfriend on that one yeah um hilarious but yeah i mean obviously and then th with like the storyline with odoba Beckham, as you mentioned Totally crazy that he had no touchdowns for you guys earlier this year, and then absolutely monster season oh, um, we to know. finish everything Thank out. Thank you for so. noticing, Samantha. <laughs> really appreciate that. Right off the bat, going right yeah, through. You're the first person that has brought it up to us. Really, seriously. I, I breaking breaking I news on the breaking news on the Big Play Reflog Show, Chris. Right. It just. It feels probably more like a like a fit issue, um, and yeah. not and just maybe chemistry or or whatever scheme or maybe it just didn't work out with Stefanski or whatnot but yeah um I mean I wish him the best of luck of course it seems like he had a touching moment with Debo Samuel who's one of my favorite players so yeah. um I don't think he like I I had probably some negative opinions about him early on in his career but uh he has I think come around a little bit now who's your team what what team do you like <laughs> That is a good question. So I like uh, anybody. You just hope every team has fun. That no, uh, I have I have a huge bias against the Patriots, uh, okay. just because I grew up in New England, but I grew up as a Yankees fan. So Whoa. I like hated all Boston sports and, and all that, and that so that was like an anti allegiance. Um, but for fantasy, which is what I do, it yeah. kind of works out because there's a like a, a good reason to have a lot of like anti Patriots bias for fantasy purposes. Um, but. Time. But the team that I actually end up rooting for is the Carolina Panthers. I um, lived in South Carolina for a while. Okay. I know. I probably could have given you 32 guesses. And like <laughs> right. it would have taken you all 32 to get there. I would have guessed that right before the Jaguars, maybe. But that would have been about it. That's that's wow. That's pretty wild. They, they don't have the biggest fan base, I will say, or the oldest or most ardent fan base or anything like that. But it is, um, I mean, it's a, it's a fun city and fun team, and I miss living in the South. So that's where I started following football, and because yeah. I didn't have really a team, I was like, oh, yeah, it totally makes sense to root for the Panthers. I'm sure lots of people in South Carolina care about the Panthers, but really it's just like Gamecocks and Clemson. <laughs> You didn't have a team, but you had a lot of people who agreed with you because you're just like, I hate Boston. I hate the Patriots. Everybody's like, yeah, yeah. So any bar you go to, everybody's, yeah, she's great. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm surrounded by a lot of people not Boston, that, of yeah. course, like a lot of my friends growing up and everything and that I'm still yeah. friends with are huge Patriots fans, insufferable ones that will like get in pick fights with people at bars <laughs> and stuff like that. So I'm just like, I don't know you. <laughs> That's like every Boston fan, I think, though. Right. Every, you know, at least in my mind, that's that's just the way Boston fans are. They're all entitled at this point. You know, back in my day, the Patriots <laughs> sucked, by the way. 
You know, they had that one run in 1985 with like Steve Grogan as their quarterback where they got smoked by the Bears. And outside <laughs> of that, they were not very good. In fact, the Browns with Bill Belichick on our sideline beat them in the playoffs back in the day. But I, I am I am totally shocked with um, I mean, happy for them, obviously, and, and Mac Jones and everything. But yeah. I am shocked with how well they did this year and how good yeah. Mac Jones ended up looking. So um, I, I'm happy to be wrong about that one. <laughs> so so let's stay on, on kind of younger quarterbacks, our young Baker Mayfield in Cleveland. From a national perspective, I mean, you have a chance to talk to a lot of people around the country and kind of do this from a from a bigger perspective. We get so enamored with our own, you know, things that are going on in Cleveland that a lot of times we don't step back. What is your thoughts about Baker Mayfield, what he's d- done in Cleveland, what he's doing in Cleveland, whether he's really got the potential to take us to the next level or whether he's just not the guy? I mean, I think that it, there's a lot going to be a lot of recency bias, obviously, coming off of a, a year where, you know, there were almost as many interceptions as touchdowns. And it, it, like, we really have to give, you know, credit where credit's due and also kind of put it all into full perspective, of course, because he was just so, so banged up all year. And it really showed how tough he was, I think, mm-hmm. overall, just playing through all of that. And then I know everyone had their share of injuries and COVID stuff this year, but it does seem like the Browns were hit a little bit harder than some other teams um, in terms of like the COVID outbreaks and just coming at like awful times and then some bad officiating and, and all of that kind of stuff um, can obviously make him look pretty bad and um, make a season, you know, turn a season around pretty fast. So, um, I mean, I think it, he's, he's been not as impressive as I think a lot of people would have hoped. I think he's kind of in that, like, at least in my opinion, maybe in that like Kirk Cousins ish range where he certainly belongs in the NFL and certainly belongs to be, deserves to be a starter, but I wouldn't necessarily say he's going to win you a championship at this point. How about the the rest of the AFC North now, especially as we start talking about fantasy, it it looks like we're kind of loaded at the running back position. Obviously, everybody here in Cleveland knows what Nick Chubb is capable of. But late in the fantasy season, Najee Harris started to coming along and then Joe Mixon, who I don't like the Bengals that much, but I absolutely loved having that guy on my fantasy team this year. So it's it's definitely a also emerges a very interesting division for running backs and for fantasy. How do you see that shaping out for people for, you know, p- potentially their 2022, 2023 fantasy football drafts? Yeah, it is kind of crazy. I, I I guess I haven't thought of it necessarily division by division, but it does feel like the AFC North is so stacked in terms of running back. Um, uh, to your point about Joe Mixon, he is a guy that I was just such an apologist about him for so many years. I was always like, it's his season. The O-line needs to be fixed. It's not his fault that he didn't have a good year. But um, it, obviously, <laughs> this was the year, and they just went super, super run heavy. And to your point about like the division, I mean, it, all four teams are pretty um, – well, I guess not the Steelers they're not really run heavy but I would say that because that they don't they don't use a committee like a lot of other teams it ends up being that they have a really really strong running back there Najee Harris looks absolutely phenomenal um the Ravens didn't have like any real standouts but they also had like three of their running backs go out in the in training camp so that was very unfortunate for them obviously but yeah they are also obviously known as a pretty run heavy team themselves 
And then staying in the betting world, obviously with the Super Bowl coming up and having it so close, are there any Super Bowl prop bets that you typically like to play? You see some of the outrageous ones start to come out, the Gatorade color, the National Anthem time. Are there anything that that you or anybody that you work with over at the Action Network kind of keep your eye on as we get a little bit closer to the Super Bowl? I actually like wrote a whole thing for the athletic about these like really silly ones. They're not ones that I would necessarily wager my American dollars on, but I I understand the appeal, especially if like someone is more of a casual fan and that just like is some a reason to stay engaged. So yeah, yeah I mean I think I think it's funny sometimes um like I guess with the Gatorade one, sometimes it correlates with the team's colors. Um so you kind of have to like pick the the team and then go from there and um i mean like the other ones are just they're just pretty silly i I guess like people like to say tails always tails always fails or something like that (laughs) um but uh yeah i mean the 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 sillier ones i'm not really super into i feel like byron pringle and travis kelsey uh props i've been like really big on um going into this i rather i had been going into um the, the the championship round and stuff so for these um i mean i i had matt stafford to throw an interception in this one and that hit uh that one's been a good one just because he's uh he had two games where he was like interception free but then he also had a four game stretch with like eight interceptions so he's definitely um turnover prone and certainly we saw the bengals defense show up so that is one that i feel like just off off the cuff, I feel like could be a good one. And um, Joe Mixon, all-purpose yards feels like a good one, too. We just talked about Joe Mixon. Um, and, yeah, a Jamar Chase, He, I, I had that one in the divisional round, and that did hit. And then last week, like, of course, because he had 266 receiving yards the last time these two teams met. And, of course, he's kind of a dud this time. But, um, obviously, Joe Burrow and Chase have such an amazing – uh chemistry so that's that those are some that i would i would certainly look at chris isn't that crazy that you could bet on all this stuff like literal single players man i can't wait we're submit we're not there yet we're getting there but man that's gonna be a lot of fun yeah because we it hasn't passed well it's passed now in ohio for all this stuff but it's really not going to get set in stone until the end of the year essentially oh, interesting. Do all this this sports gambling so this is, That's so interesting. Yeah, mm-hmm. we we are so uh, I would say spoiled in Colorado with the number, like just like you can do anything you want awesome, in Colorado. Colorado the, yeah. the skiing, the awesome craft beer, the other legal things, like li- just a plethora of legal betting. So yeah, we are we are certainly spoiled, and it's and it is really really cool, especially as a person that comes from the fantasy world, and it, there's just a natural crossover with the player props, and they're so much fun, and yeah. um, just they'll just give me a reason to watch like the Dolphins or something like that, like a team that I wouldn't necessarily <laughs> yeah. care about. I'm sorry, Dolphins fans or something, but yeah, like you understand that you're watching you're just a snooty like, Carolina Panthers fan. Yeah, yeah a snooty Carolina Panthers fan. We have such a wonderful legacy but yes <laughs> but of course like, i now it is, know it, one of you it is really cool though and i think it's certainly going to keep a younger audience really engaged yeah. in the sport and that is something that i think other sports have really struggled and really yeah. honestly failed to do in some aspects so football is the really like the perfect sport for fantasy and the perfect sport for prop bets 
So you mentioned skiing out there in Colorado. I'm, I'm interested in your skiing career because I'm, I'm a skier. I'm not great, but I, I ski. I ski Ohio, though, you know, I mean. Uh, Holiday Valley. Is that Holiday Valley up in Yellowville. In fact, yeah. okay. I am going there in a few weeks. We do that Sweet. every single year over President's Day weekend. We rent a place. The whole family goes up. And yeah, so I ski the wall. You know, I go down at once and then I'm like, yeah, that's it for the year. And I feel real good about that. And I'm trying to get the kids on there and get them. to Yeah. So, yeah, Holiday Valley is fantastic. <laughs> In Ohio, it's a little bit more cornfield-ish. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we do have several places. Talk, talk I, about your career. I mean, out from Boston to what brings you out to, I believe, Breckenridge now. And you're, you're a ski instructor. I saw your pit, your pin now. You're all official. So tell us a little bit about your career. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I actually grew up in Rhode Island, but very close okay. to Boston. And um, our local mountain is called Wachusett Mountain. It's a very small mountain, but apparently it is gigantic compared to the mountains that you guys have. Oh, yeah. um, just because I, my boyfriend and I were like arguing one time and I was like, I grew up on the smallest mountain. He's like, hold my beer and <laughs> showed me the vertical drop of uh, some of the places that he grew up on. Um, but yeah, Boston I mean, Mills, if he was in Northern Ohio, Boston yeah. Mills, like he's probably showing you like tiger. Yeah. Like that was it. Yeah. Oh yeah. That was yeah. Cool That's a double black up there, baby. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, like, honestly, some of these, these smaller resorts and areas like breed the best skiers and best snowboarders because yeah. you have to deal with different conditions. And also a lot of these places that don't have a ton of snow, they end up having dope parks. And that is how yeah. like a lot of people just really like get their skills. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I started snowboarding when I was seven, I started snowboarding, never skied. Um, and uh, yeah, and then I just learned how to ski in March of last year. And now I'm an equal snowboarder and skier. Probably says more about like just my snowboarding ability. <laughs> and now you're an equal and you've been, wow, that's incredible. Yeah. I mean, it, it's just you easy to be pick an up once you have. Athlete to be able to do that. I mean, <laughs> good Lord, I could not just like pick up snowboarding and be good within a year. There's no <laughs> way. I've done snowboarding a few times and that just beats me up. I could only imagine going from <laughs> snowboarding to skiing and just being like, yeah, I just, I started in March. No, no, you know, either way, I'm just as good. No I way. mean, there's That's a lot point. of, there's a lot of transfer. There's things like reading yeah. snow, being comfortable with speed, uh, knowing your edges, all those things. And it, it does lend itself to some of like the athletic abilities that I have now. Like I am like pretty good at like balance type sports. I was a gymnast yeah. growing up. Okay. Um, I am like bottom 0.01 percentile in like anything hand-eye or foot-eye coordination related. Like if you ask me to throw a tennis ball from like the baseline over the net, like I don't know that I could. So and I say that as a tennis player, but a very bad tennis player. So uh, yeah, uh, it, it definitely lends itself to some of my strengths, which is why I just love it. And I do it every single day now, um, snowboarding or skiing. And it is just so much fun. And yeah, as you mentioned, I am a snowboard and ski instructor at Breckenridge. So Hit me up if you guys are ever here. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Big play uh, group trip, Chris. There you go. The big play trip. Curling, <laughs> curling. curling. We were talking about doing curling before. Do now we're getting into snowboarding and skiing. Please just got like matching onesies. Uh, like all the people from 
the Midwestern states wear when they come yeah. here. You just make fun of people who come out from from the. I mean, obviously they bring money, so that's a good thing. But you know, they come out, they ski their one time a year out there. They expect <laughs> to be real good. They buy their coats and everything just for that one week. So they got you know stuff with. It, it's like Bengals fans out here. You know, <laughs> oh my God. And stuff, right? And they're coming out there, and you're like, okay, but you put up with them because they bring money and everything else. But at the end of the day, you've got to have some good laugh over some of these folks that come out there, right? Okay. Like, there's certainly no, like, stigma on people from Ohio, but I will say there is a stigma on people from places like Texas, for instance, or, or Florida, or just places that have not experienced altitude or cold. And we've got both of it. It's 10,000 feet above sea level at the base of Breckenridge, and we go all the way up to 13,000 feet, and it's, they called it they call it Brecken Fridge, so it's quite cold here. And um, yeah, I mean, there there are people that are just that, that come that are very unprepared, but also cocky at the same time. Right. It's like that weird combination. combination, right? Yeah. So they're like they're skiing in jeans, but <laughs> and like these really goofy skis. Like it's either like the skis that come up to like your like under your armpits, or like the skis that are just way too big, or like something like that. And there's always just like some weird goofy element to them so like you'll see people have boots on the wrong feet like these things actually happen so um i I don't even know like i my feet would not do that but yeah and they're usually easy to spot because they have those like fluorescent onesies i did that with the tags still on them like i said you put your shoes on the wrong feet but i haven't i haven't put my shoes on the wrong feet in a long time I mean, ski boots too. They're like a vice grip. Like I don't. Oh, yeah. That takes that takes oh. some skill to get the sh- the boot on the wrong foot. <laughs> now, now skiing and jeans, you definitely look down upon those people, right? I mean, that is that, it's a whole thing. No, no, right? Do you know the Instagram account Jerry of the day? Like no. it's all it's constantly ripping on people that ski in jeans <laughs> and just like other wow. Jerry type things. That is the that that's like the 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 slang for. People in outdoor sports, um, po- possibly specifically to skiing, but yeah, like people in outdoor sports that kind of like do goofy things. So, like, like, now, hmm, I'm not sure about that decision. It's like the Karen like of outdoor sports. Yes, exactly. Yes, and you'll know it. Like, I don't even really have to explain it to you. You could see a picture and be like, "Oh, that's the Jerry." <laughs> now, now, another trend that I've noticed, and this is really over the last like ten, maybe a little bit longer, is back in my day. You wouldn't see this, but now you see sports jerseys out there. Yes. At least over that's here. That's a Jerry thing. Okay. That's definitely like, I'll go really? out and I'll see so many Steelers fans <laughs> out there. And well, you know, going up to New York, you're going to see a lot of Ohio state. You're going to see mm-hmm. a lot of obviously the Buffalo bills. You'll see some Patriots gear. You'll, you won't see much Browns because we haven't had too much in the last few years. I don't know if you've noticed. I I've thought that was kind of like, year, it was kind of cool. Like put your yeah. jersey on over your. <laughs> I yeah, but know. everybody does it now, Nick. It, uh, it was cool when it'd be like that one guy wearing the jersey, but now it seems like that is the go-to for a lot of people hmm. on the slopes. Is that a trend you see out west too? Oh God, yeah. So yeah. there's a ridiculous number of Chiefs fans here, so you will see a okay. lot of Mahomes jerseys. But um, <laughs> like even um, for for Halloween, we're so lucky that we get to even have Halloween on the slopes here because the 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 resorts open that early for Halloween. My boyfriend and I dressed up as Jerry's, and so I was in these like 
uh, just just like puffy coat, like doesn't look like anything modern with like a fanny pack over it and just like all this like funky stuff. And he wore his Jarvis Landry jersey. So That's it is nice. and, and the only with pair jeans? of jeans that he owns. Yes, yes. yes. And jeans. jeans. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> I like froze myself. I had these like tie dye shorts on and I just like, I was like, I got to commit to the costume. <laughs> oh, that is great. See, I'm telling you, Nick, it's a whole thing, man. Yeah, Everybody's wearing jerseys out. out there and I, I just can't do it. Cause it's now it's like become cliche overnight mm-hmm. for people. Yeah, to wear I wouldn't, jerseys. I wouldn't do it. Like it, yeah. the, no hate on people wearing jerseys anytime, but right. on the ski, the ski slopes, it has a very specific connotation. Like I am go. just going to assume you're the one that's going to fall off a ski lift. You're that if guy. You're wearing, yeah, <laughs> pretty much. You're going to go up and down the hill like twice. And then you're going to be in the bar, just trying to hit on ladies and back on ladies for the rest of the time. And you're probably you're the one out of the bar. You're the one that's like on the T bar, like taking it on your stomach. Like, yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's fantastic. Fantastic. Samantha, good stuff. Good stuff. I know we're running late. We'll get you out of here, talk some NFL, talk some winter sports as well. Where could everybody go check out all of your great work over at the Action Network? Give you a follow as well. Sure. Yeah. Thank you so, so much for having me. This has been a lot of fun. Um, I really hope you guys get out to Breckenridge soon. Um, I think it'll be very impressive compared to some of the Ohio mountains, but yeah, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Samantha NFL on Instagram at S That's S P R E V I T E. And um, all my written work is going to be on the actionnetwork.com. And I do right now I'm covering a lot of like injury news and things like that. And I'll also give you some prop bets uh, heading into the Super Bowl. I haven't like really dug into the slate yet, but I certainly um, will start digging into the numbers soon. Fantastic. I can't wait for sure. Samantha, great stuff. We appreciate it a ton. We'll have to do this again soon. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks, Samantha. Thanks. See ya. Samantha Profiti, good stuff, Chris. Yeah, I told you. you a round of applause for us. Yeah, yeah, that was good. Wait a second, I do. Let me see. See, I should be quick with this. I keep forgetting we don't have Dave, so I have to do everything around here. There it is. Round of applause. That was some good stuff, man. Those- I love when I can get in some skiing talk. I thought that yeah. was great. And there were some yeah. things that I I need to explore with somebody who really knows what they're doing. And that jersey thing has just been driving me nuts. Of course, jeans. I've known that about that for a long yeah, time. Yeah, I've known jeans. I always thought jerseys was like a cool thing. Like if I were to Some ever ski, so. which I, I would think, think so. like put on a jersey. That's cool. Right. Be cool. But then everybody else. Oh, had that not, same thought and it ruined it. That's exactly right. It was cool. And it was the one or two guys who were doing it. And it's like, oh, yeah, playoffs <laughs> this weekend. Dude's wearing a Bills jersey. That's great. And now it's like everybody's wearing and I saw she, she. It's funny she mentioned Jarvis Landry. I saw a few Jarvis Landrys last time I was out. And it's just no, no, Nick, you can't be doing that. Can't, can't do it. That. Cannot do it, Chris. I don't know if you saw the Cavaliers, big winners big from win. the Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse, come from behind victory. Scoring Good leaders: stuff. Brandon Goodwin, twenty-one points; Jared Allen, sixteen; Kevin Love, fifteen; Okoro, fourteen. You'll take it. I'll yeah, take with Garland it. out. I Woo. mean, no Garland out there. You had uh, uh, what's our front court? It was uh, um, it was Jetty. <laughs> it Jetty, was Jetty and then um, oh, what's his face? Now it wasn't even a curl. He had uh, 
Oh, Chris, this, this makes for great radio. It does. When I can't think of people's names, I'll let you figure it out. Dean Wade. Dean, Dean Wade. Wade. There it is. Oh, All right. Well, we're going to talk some more calves. It was well worth it, wasn't it, folks? It was. Yeah. Dean Wade. <laughs> That's a cherry on top of a calves victory is a Dean Wade start. Also, no Dylan Windler moments. That guy is a stiff. All right. Yeah. Cavs, big winners, 93-90. We are going to talk some more calves, specifically calves trivia. It is time to give away some beer, hopefully give away all the bat case plus a GVR t-shirt. It's time for Who Wants to Be a Billionaire. Alrighty, the bright lights of the Big Play Reflux show get a little bit brighter tonight, Chris, as who wants to be a billionaire? Cavs victory Monday edition. We welcome to the Big Play Reflux show, Susan, who will be competing for a case of Labatt Blue Light and a GV shirt. Susan, welcome on into the Big Play Reflux show. How are you? Hey, I am doing good. Thanks for having me. I'm a lot better now. Now that we finally got the W after losing yeah. last night to the Pistons so late and let that one slip away. So tonight was good. Susan, give us our quick breakdown of the game tonight. We missed kind of the second half doing the show. What was your assessment of the Cavs? The second half, we played D the whole game. The second half, we actually started making shots. The yeah. first half, I didn't, we were putting up shots and it was nowhere near the rim. Uh, kind of frustrating at first, but you know, um, the second half, uh, we had some good moments from uh, Goodwin. Uh, K Love started making some shots, knocking down some outside shots. Okoro and his defense, Jarrett Allen. It, it was an all-over excellent win. But that second half, it was just we turned it up an extra notch. Um, our defense really came together. Um, I mean, the effort was just outstanding late in the game when you got to have it. Game's on the line, and guys just showed up when they needed to because we were down so many. So it was it was awesome. Man, that's as good of a breakdown as you'll find. Susan, hell of a job there. And Susan also follows me on Twitter. So we're going to have some hints tonight on who wants to be a beer in air. I have a good feeling. If you're new to the show, each week one contestant will get their chance to answer Cleveland Cavaliers trivia for a chance to win. We start off with cash for a Labatt six-pack. Then if you move on a 12-pack, if you elect to move on from there, a 24-pack. For one final question a lucky winner will take home a case of Labatt Blue Light plus a GVR t-shirt. This week, we're welcoming in at Brownstown 76. Susan, are we ready to roll with who wants to be a billionaire? Let's go. Let's do it. All righty, let's do it. We'll kick it off with question number one for cash for a six-pack of Labatt. Which 2019 first-round pick was traded after throwing a temper tantrum because the Cavs moved his locker. 
Oh, Lord. Um, yeah. uh, KPJ, right? Kevin Porter Jr., that is correct. All right. Bash for a six-pack. Are we moving on for a 12-pack of LeBac? Woo-woo. We got our sound on? effects. Our sound effects are a little different than normal, so <laughs> I'm kind of working the board over here for me. There you go. Well done on that one. Are you going on? All right, thanks. Two. Let's move on. All right, Chris, give her question number two. She's moving on. Question number two for cash for a 24-pack of Labatt Blue. Jared Allen is averaging 11 rebounds per game this year, which is fourth most in a season in Cavs history. Which former Cavalier averaged the most rebounds per game in a season back in 2004 with 11.4? 11.4. Big Z. No, no. No. This guy was famous for swindling a blind man. Swindling a blind man. Oh, no. That gave it away to me. Swindling a blind man? Swindling a blind man. That's correct. Oh, wow. With his contract. The hint that Dollar Dog Nick put in here is he is a bald, backstabbing weasel from Alaska who played a Duke. <laughs> that's a hell of a hint. I know it is, and I'm still, I'm blank. I'm drawing a blank. Oh, no. 2003, 2004. There was a chant about him. Chris, do you remember the chant that people would yell? No, the actually. The Blank is a loser. Oh, well, it rhymes. It yeah, rhymes. it rhymes. And it was gunned and they let him out. Gunned his... arena. This was like infant. This was like, I was probably, you know, a little bit older than a toddler. I was probably, you know, six, seven, eight years old with my dad going to these games, chanting that this guy is a loser. Some of my favorite memories. I'm sorry, guys. I can't pull nothing. I'm drawing a blank. So Gunn gave a deal with him that he'd be out of his contract and they were going to re-sign the contract. And that was the gentleman's agreement. And then he ended up bolting and leaving town. Holy smokes. Nothing. Ah, oh, Chris. His last name rhymes with loser. Holy smokes. Um, holy smokes. Boozer. There you go. There it is. Carlos, there it is. Carlos, Carlos Boozer. Boozer. Holy Carlos smoke. Boozer. Thanks, guys. <laughs> you got it. That was easy. That they, was yeah, easy. So they would chant that at the stadium. They would chant Boozer's a loser. Like when Wally was, was on play. the team, or was that Wally, when, he'd come when he was when he was moving on, when he yeah. moved on. So like at the jazz and who else? Yeah. I've, I still have not had the opportunity uh, to attend a game yet. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah, this is hashtag was, let him know. Let him get know. out there. It was a while back. All right. Are we moving yeah. on to question number three for cash for a 12 pack of the bat? Well, Let's go. All right. We're moving kind of on. A tough one. This is kind of a tough one. All right. Oh, I will read it. This uh, The Cavs play the Rockets on Wednesday night. Houston's head coach's dad was the head coach for the Cavs during LeBron James's first three seasons. Who was LeBron's first 
Cavs coach. I wish we had Dave's epic music. The silence is kind of it's it's getting to me a little, Chris. I, I this is probably not what you want. <laughs> is that from when we had the conspiracy theory show? I think so. Uh, what else do I have? Do I have any other background music? No. Definitely not going to play that. Definitely not. No. Interesting. Nope. <laughs> this, is, this is horrible, guys. This is absolutely horrible. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James with the rejection. Oh, kind of like that one. So I'll give you we'll, we'll give you another hint. Or you could phone a friend. But the hint kind of narrows it down. And it definitely gives the last name. So we will need a first name. The son of this coach is Steven Silas. See, that still does nothing for me, fellas. <laughs> I know. I am so sorry. This... Steven Silas is the head coach of the Rockets right now. His, yeah. his dad was. Ah, uh, Chris, give it to him. Yeah. Paul give Silas. Chris. Paul, Paul Silas. Paul Silas. Paul Silas. Yeah. All right. Live and learn. There we go. Live and learn. You made it to question number three. It was a valiant effort. It valiant was. effort. Just like the Cavs tonight. But the Cavs said. Yeah. I'll take the W for the Cavs. Over That's right. That's right. Of the two. Oh, yeah. Hey, after yesterday's game, it was nice to get that taste out of our mouths. Get moving Big on. Time. Yeah. yeah I like absolutely. the second half of the schedule. I tell you, yep. it, it's a lot easier for these Cavs. What do you what are you looking? What's the what's the top end for the Cavs going forward this season? Do you think playoffs? Do you think maybe a, a round that will win in the playoffs? What do you think? I think so. Absolutely. Uh the way we played tonight and we were contenders, I do believe that we can make it to the playoffs. I think we can actually go kind of deep in the playoffs. Uh we're young. The legs are young, they're fresh, last a little bit longer. Uh and we just play with such hustle and tenacity, and our defense is so good. This has been, this season has been so much fun to watch. Just be, defensively for us to be where we are doing what we're doing, it has been so exciting uh, to watch. I, I honestly do think I think that I, defense is really going to propel us. I think a lot more than what people think. Let them know, Chris. Let them know. Absolutely. Let them know. <laughs> absolutely yes susan great 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 stuff we appreciate the Cavs insight definitely and we'll have to have you back on for who wants to be a billionaire once we get back into some cleveland browns trivia it was a lot of fun good job all right thanks guys for having me thanks susan susan good job but chris oh our streak comes to an end first loss of the year our streak comes to an end all good things that just means we need to start another one nick Yep, we will start those back up next week. No doubt about it. In the meantime, it is time for some Cleveland headlines. All righty, Cleveland headlines brought to you by Total Sports Enterprises Cleveland. Every week we try to give away a Cleveland Browns autographed item. Make sure to follow at Big Play Reflog on Twitter 
subscribe to the big play reflog show on youtube for your chance to win some pretty cool cleveland browns merch every single week chris where do we where do we even want to start with these uh with these headlines man well, let's start with the Cavs. <laughs> I think we got to. I think we got to start with our Cleveland Cavaliers. Obviously, a big bounce back win tonight on Sunday night. The Cavs dropped a tough one to the Pistons. They have the second worst record in the NBA, so it was nice to see the Cavs get back on track tonight. They bounce back with a big 93-90 win. No Darius Garland. But the big news is, okay. Chris. Is he okay, by the he way? He is okay. No. It was a back thing. I figured yeah. out middle of the season, starting to give some guys some time off here before you get to the all-star break in a few weeks. I, I figured it was one of those. Wasn't something to worry about. Is that right? You know, we just had that big three-game break, right? So yeah. so I thought yeah. like that'd be good for Darius. He was a little limpy. He kept holding the back. So I thought the three days off really would be good for him. But then obviously last night they lose. He again, looked just gingerly running around out there. So they were able to get a, a huge win on the second night of a back-to-back where you were on the road, then had to come back to Cleveland. Yeah. Those are never easy to do. And they were able to get a dub without Darius. So we hope he'll be all right. It's just back soreness is what they have it listed as now. And it's been something that I feel Feel like has been bothering him for a little bit so hopefully he could push through it and uh big news is 10 days away chris from the nba trade deadline do you do you see this Cavs team making any uh any big moves that you're after you know i don't know and that's that's more yeah. of a result of me not knowing exactly what is out there i haven't seen a whole lot of chatter um i know that you know bickerstaff seems to be real happy with the chemistry why wouldn't he be Right. Happy with the chemistry of what he's got out there. It seems like everybody's meshing well. I, I keep going back to Kevin Love and, and just the fact that he went from just last year having no interest at all in being a veteran leader to really being a veteran leader on this team. And it's just the turnaround that's been incredible. And I think that's really a measuring stick by, but that, by, uh, that, that really, um, shows you how far this chemistry has come with this team. So um, I see what he's saying there. You know, you bring in a guy like Rondo, it's kind of interesting, and it doesn't mm -hmm. seem to negatively affect the chemistry at all. In fact, he was kind of kicking the guys a little bit the other day and in a, in a good way. Um, so I, I don't know. I don't know that they're going to make any big moves. I, I think now with a young team, it's not exactly where you have to make a huge move for an all-star because the window is closing. We really think that the window is just on its way up. So um, it, it puts us in a, in a strong position if we want to make a move, but I, I don't know that we're going to make anything that's going to shake up the sports world. And in, in my opinion, yeah, I don't think so either. I know that there's been a lot of big names thrown out, thrown out there. And, and I put big names in almost like air quotes, like guys like Karis Levert. That's a name that's been discussed a little bit. Eric Gordon, you know, guys that there have had go. success yeah. in the league, but like nothing that, you know, is going to change the national narrative of this team that it's a good fun Cavs team that's really what it is my biggest thing is this though whatever they elect to do at the trade deadline and I know they might look for more scoring options get Darius a little bit of help whatever player that they get or don't get whatever my bottom line is you can't take the ball out of Darius Garland's hands at this point like he what he's shown us these last few months now is that this offense this team needs to run through number 10 being the number one legitimate 
orchestrator of the offense. I think it all starts with Darius Garland. So whatever you do, just try to find complementary pieces to support DG, in my opinion. I'm with you. I'm with you. You had tonight, well, we have five players in double digits. Goodwin, Jared Allen, Kevin Love, Akuro, and Lamar Stevens. All over 10 points today. So you love to see it. JB Bickerstaff has said that he doesn't want to mess up the chemistry. I think that's a very good thing. Also, you had Jason Lloyd of the Athletic. How about this, Chris? Telling somebody within the Cavs organization used the Odell Beckham Jr. trade as an example to Lloyd in his reporting and said that they don't want to mess up the team chemistry the same way that everyone was riding high and believing in Baker and believing in the Browns in 2018 and 2019. They got Odell and I don't the feeling wow. just hasn't been the same ever since somebody within the Cavs organization used that example to Jason Lloyd. So kind of interesting. And I, I hope they don't throw off yeah. that chemistry because they, it, it does feel like they have something really special brewing right now. All right. Are we going to talk about the football? Let's talk about the football, man. I think we have to do it. I think we have to, we have to, how about yesterday? I mean, Cincinnati wins. And then you think in the late game, well, you know, hopefully Odell won't advance. And sure enough, Odell Beckham and the Rams advance. So kind of a nightmare scenario for Cleveland fan. But I've been around long enough. I should almost expect these things to happen, Nick. And here we are. Here we are. How about this tweet from my buddy Brad Stainbrook? Last offseason, Former Browns wide receiver OBJ Von Miller were training together in Colorado. Miller brought up the idea of playing together. Odell responded with, don't come to Cleveland. You have this story leak Saturday night, then Sunday you see, or Friday night, then Sunday you see Odell go on to the Super Bowl. Has your feelings at all changed about Odell Beckham Jr.? Where, like, where are you at with this guy? Because to me, he's becoming one of those Cleveland sports figures that I really, really, really am starting not to be able to stand. Yeah, and I'm right with you. You know, even when he left Cleveland, it was like, okay, it didn't work. It just right. it didn't work for whatever reason. Didn't work. It seemed like the players in the clubhouse still liked them, um, with the exception of, I guess, Baker. <sighs> That's still like a concern. Still a it, concern. It, and absolutely it is. And absolutely it is. I didn't like the way it went down with his dad and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, it was clear it wasn't working on both sides. So it was like, goodbye. And now the stories come out about him anti-recruiting for Cleveland or against Cleveland in this case. And, and really just being a guy who's – we just talked about veteran leadership with Kevin Love, right? Not being that veteran at all, at all, and working against everything that we're trying to do. Um, really sabotaging the Cleveland Browns from the inside, it seems. Yeah. And that that really took it from, okay, it didn't work out to, no, you, you're a bad dude. You're right. a bad dude. And that should not have happened on in an NFL locker room. And who knows? We may have a few more bad dudes in that locker room that, that created, you know, a bad environment. Yeah. But uh, certainly he was uh, he was orchestrating a lot of that stuff. 
Chris, it was unprecedented what he did this fall with his dad and orchestrating a big master. LeBron James, James bringing in characters. If if Donald Trump was still on Twitter, Trump would have tweeted about Odell Beckham Jr. that day. Like that's how insane Twitter was that day. That's not a hot take at all. Everyone was talking about Cleveland, making fun of Cleveland, and everybody was just taking jabs at OBJ. So it blows my mind that. Baker, who is supposed to be this Pied Piper quasi-leader of men, was unable to control the locker room and unable to twist that in a way that kind of galvanized and rallied the troops. And then Kevin Stefanski, I know he was the coach of the year. I've given him a lot of grief on this show. How do you call yourself a leader of men when you have players on Twitter still congratulating the guy that all but derailed your season. And I know Baker and the quarterback was far from good in any of the games. Even the games Baker missed, the quarterback play was nothing more than subpar. But you got people in the locker room and people in this fan base actively cheering and supporting the guy. I I quite frankly, Chris, I can't wrap my head around it. And I'm I'm personally at a point as we sit here, you know, Monday, January 31st, Am I going to pull for the Cincinnati Bengals in the Super Bowl? Like, what? And the answer is no. I can't. I can't. I can't pull. Uh, me neither. I can't. I can't pull myself to pull for the Cincinnati Bengals. And, right. and it. And here's what it comes down to. Number one, they're divisional. Number two, they also didn't vote against the move. You know, Mike Brown down there didn't vote against the Browns moving. Yeah, that's one of those things. I always feel a kinship with the Buffalo Bills. And, you know, even though I hate the Steelers and I never root for the Steelers, there's still a part of me that says, okay, they're like our brother, you know, because they looked out for us in that situation. They voted against the move. The Cincinnati Bengals, however, and Mike Brown, (laughs) whose dad famously the coach of the Cleveland Browns thought he had an equity stake in the Browns didn't and ended up founding the Cincinnati Bengals. They vote did not vote against that move. And I still hold that against the Bengals. And on top of the fact that they're division foes, but here's what drives me nuts is the fact that the Cincinnati Bengals are doing all the things that we thought we would be able to do this season. Not only that, and we talked about this on this show, this still drives me nuts right now. Is it when, remember when we played, Kansas City earlier in the season. How many Browns fans were claiming a moral victory after that? Because we played him pretty well, you know? Hey, it's early in the season. We played him really good, and this is a good team. And we were just railing, saying, listen, moral victories (laughs) have to turn into real victories. And then you came with all kinds of excuses. Hey, we're growing, we're young, but whatever. You look at what the Bengals have done. Young quarterback. No offensive line at all. Remember that? Remember when we thought the offensive line was like the biggest thing? Like we had an offensive line. We're going to the Super Bowl. They have nothing. A running running game that's good, not as good as ours, even with Joe Mixon. They're good, but they're not as good as ours. A head coach who's out to lunch. Everybody wanted to fire him at the beginning of the season. (laughs) They had every card stacked against them. Ownership that's out to lunch. Just a total mess, a total cheap organization. And what did they do? They made it to the Super Bowl. 
Whereas we use all of those things as excuses here in Cleveland for why we couldn't make it to that next level. And I'm just sick of it. I'm just sick of it. And it stinks to look outside your window and see your neighbor with the new car right now because that's what we've got in Cleveland. They just got the new car. They're pulling into their driveway. And we're sitting here going, we were all set. We had the financing set. We were all ready to go with that new vehicle. And look at us. We still got the same old beater in our garage right yep. now yep and, our, and that, our loan didn't tough. go through our loan didn't yeah. go through Chris. that's a that's tough, tough pill to swallow and you know i'll give them props they they did it and uh that's that's tough that's tough when they faced the same things we did and it was even worse for them and they overcame it and we just couldn't i think we need to have in a similar vein of the owen 16 parade and i know that brings back a lot of memories we're not doing another parade we're not doing another parade but what we need to do is we need to have a prayer vigil (laughs) and we need to bring all the all the priests from every you know denomination the catholic priests the any type of priest or pastor or preacher that you could think of we bring them down to Lou Groza Boulevard. On a, we'll do it on a much warmer day than the than the yeah. 16 parade right. out there in, in late summer, early fall. And we'll all lock arms as Browns fans, circle the whole damn thing. And we're just going to exercise the demons. We are going to lift the curse of Art Modell, and we are going to make right on all of this. I don't care if Baker's the quarterback. I don't care if Kirk Cousins the quarterback. All I know is Father Heron from St. Monica's in Garfield Heights needs to bring all of his buddies down over to First Energy Stadium because I don't know where this team goes from here. And I pondered it all weekend. You know, you see some yeah. of these names that these these Twitter guys want to throw out, and Kirk Cousins is an upgrade, and Jimmy Garoppolo yes. is an upgrade, and you just get one of those guys and you're right there i'm just not buying that i'm just i'm i don't know about you i'm just not like drinking that kool-aid of you trade for jimmy garoppolo and all your problems magically subside no and i agree with you and i'll tell you along that same thinking about the the prayer vigil and i got to thinking about this last night (laughs) johnny manzel i don't know if anybody saw this but johnny manzel started going at it again with cleveland saying how much he hates the town not the people but the town just sucks and you know johnny just basically being johnny and uh have you ever seen scott pilgrim versus the world you ever seen that movie no i never have okay and basically the premise is this guy wants to get with this girl but in order to do that he has to defeat all of her ex lovers okay and uh it's almost like somehow we have to metaphorically defeat all of these ghosts of all of these old quarterbacks before we could ever advance because they seem to keep coming out of the woodwork should we make a list crap on us you know whether they're yeah they were crapping on mary Kay cabot before and and that whole story and now you got Johnny coming out once again against the whole city of Cleveland and taking on all comers. And it's almost like, man, we need to somehow put all of these guys down before we can ever advance. We are just so stuck with our history here and just all of the negativity that we need something 
something to change that that's going to move us forward in a positive way. We thought Baker was that guy, right? Yeah. We talked yeah. so many times about a culture change and how this was a new Cleveland Browns and forget the old Browns. It's not your same old Browns. And then we go out and have a stinker season like this. We have to have something, whether it's a prayer vigil or whether we're doing Scott Pilgrim against the world with our ex quarterbacks, <laughs> we need something Nick in Cleveland in order to get us past and over the hump so that we can be the Bengals of next year. Maybe at this vigil, man, we just stand out there and and you got the you know the incense thing at church that yeah, swings oh, yeah. back and back and forth, right. smells kind of goofy. You do that by all the gates, and all the gates have have a different lore nemesis from Cleveland Browns past. You know, one is like the Art Modell gate. That's where oh, majority gosh. of the people oh, gather. No. There's a Johnny Manziel gate. There's a we you know Johnny himself there. We'll we, just, yeah, we, he'll yeah, he's the presider. He'll he'll carry the cross he's, down. He's, he's dealing, and we don't care what he does in the bathroom. He'll yeah, he'll, he'll carry the cross down Dog Brown Drive for all oh, I care. God. We got a boy. It it it's back to feeling like we're so far away. And I really don't think that we are. But the point is this is the NFL. It's set yep. for every team to go. What was eight and eight? Now it's nine and eight or 56 eight nine, Super Bowls, Chris. I know. I know that's the way it's set up. And it's as far as, you know, we think we're far away because everything that happened, but look at what the Bengals did. And now yep. I hope we're learning from that, that, Hey, Listen, all these little complaints we have and all these things that we say, well, we can't get to that next level because of this. Well, the Bengals just overcame it. And, yep. and the Bengals, with they don't even have an indoor practice facility. They don't have no, anything. They I don't mean, practice when it rains in Cincinnati. This is, I mean, they got all the cards stacked against them, and they said, we don't care. You got a guy like Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow, culture changer. No problem. He's able to lead them to the promised land. We got to get that kind of mentality here. We don't care about what the media says about us. We don't care about our social media accounts. We don't care about all of these other things in the universe that are conspiring against the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> We're at the point where we just want to go out and win ball games and forget about all that other crap. And that's what they did down in Cincinnati. We got to take a lesson from that. We got to be the Cincinnati next year. Man, maybe we're just in our Andy Dalton stage right now, and our Joe Burrow is behind whatever. So we but... need to, yeah, we need to get rid of him, and we need to get rid of our coach, maybe too, Marvin Lewis. You know, I'll say this: when I sat down in 2019 and I watched Freddie Kitchens versus Zach Taylor, I said this might be one of the worst coaching matchups in NFL history. Now Freddie Kitchens is probably going to be an analyst on CBS and Zach Taylor's coaching a damn Super Bowl. So it just shows how much I know, man. It's it's tough. All of us, Nick, all of us don't know nearly what we think we do. <laughs> we can get to the best and worst tweets and get let's out do of here. best and worst and get the hell out of here. Play the intro. All right, best tweet of the week, Chris. We're throwing it way back to a medium of communication before Twitter, before the internet. The best tweet of the week is actually a best newspaper of the week. A first, a first for this show, guaranteed, and maybe the last. Probably. We scanned it in. We scanned it in. Read that headline, Nick, because it's fantastic. Longtime Steelers QB winless versus Browns in playoffs retires. 
That's fantastic. That's a beautiful, beautiful headline. And Dan Labe, he's the one who wrote the article, and he was quick to point out he does not select what the uh, headline is going to be. That's the sports editor, who in this case is Skip Hall. Fantastic Skip Hall. Put that out there as an ultimate troll, and well done. Well done. Way to bring some closure that also gives him the appropriate amount of trolling from Cleveland for one Ben Roethlisberger. Dan Lobby, Skip Hall, deserving, deserving best tweet of the week. Chris, I think you know the word. Number two also needs to be up there, and that's AC, Austin Carr, man. (laughs) He is fantastic on Twitter. He's he's basically, you know, you have Bernie Kosar kind of on the football Browns Go Browns, you matter. That's right. Go Browns, you matter. You got Austin Carr on the basketball side. So Austin Carr yesterday put out a tweet to the world. Cavs must get back to defense first to get their mojo back. That tweet went out there. A good thought today. Real time, getting it up. He pulled it up and he agreed with himself unwittingly and said, I agree. Go Cavs and retweeted that to the world. So Austin Carr agreeing with himself. That's a little Michael Scott with the with the grease board there. And in this case, it he didn't have a Wayne Gretzky. He's just quoting himself. But fantastic stuff. We love you, Austin Carr. Got to get you on the show. This is just a gem of Twitter. Uh, fantastic. <laughs> quote tweeting himself. I just, I just love it. I just love it. So well done. I agree. Go Cavs. AC, good job out of you. Worst tweet of the week. You knew it was coming. Everybody that listens to this show knew it was coming. Everyone was asking for this to be the worst tweet of the week. So here it is. Congratulations, Johnny Manziel, Johnny Football. It's crazy that I'm doing this because I was such a big Johnny fan. I know a lot of people were. You kind of either loved him or you hate him. But I I can't believe that we're sitting here in the year 2022 and Johnny Manziel is still tweeting about cleveland there it is he tweeted out there cleveland sucks that's not negative that's factual not the people the place itself went on chris to change his twitter bio to good vibes only but cleveland sucks so johnny's just having his fun you know he he's like uh taking his uh taking his little card at the sandwich line is what what johnny's doing he's waiting for his name to be called at the damn deli because he him and everybody else just lining up to take jabs at my favorite team in my city and johnny thanks thanks for your input and thanks for the thanks for nazi content i guess yeah pretty much and he was a punching bag after that, which was kind of fun yesterday. <laughs> yeah, you had some fun with that, Chris. I had some fun. I took some kill shots, and he just kind of took them. He just kind of took them and rolled with them. I think he's pretty used to the kill shots these days. He just He's like a zombie out there. You can't kill him. He'll be back one <laughs> no, after another. No. I kind of expected him to wake up today and delete his account because that's normally kind of his mo but right yeah like the hangover yeah the hangover like yeah it's like oh what did i do i'll just get rid of this whole thing and uh didn't happen he's staying out there so change the bio back though the bio is back to normal oh is it okay well just wait for the super bowl whenever he wants to get action he knows he can come after cleveland and i'm sure he'll do the same thing again especially if odell gets going so for sure it's a it's a it's a tried and true uh gimmick is just say something negative about cleveland and the onslaught will ensue but we have plenty of time to talk about that next week when we break down the super bowl and we'll give our predictions right nick yes we will give our official super bowl predictions that is all for tonight 
can't wait to give Super Bowl predictions. Hopefully, go over some Super Bowl props. You know, Dave yeah. is you know Dave's itching to put together a really bad parlay that'll never hit. Just kidding, Dave. Love you. How long the anthem is? <laughs> yeah, under under a minute and a half, and then over the Super Bowl halftime show length, and then Orange Gatorade on the winning coach. You know, Dave's gonna concoct something crazy. I think Orange Gatorade's a pretty good bet because you got the you know it's gonna be orange on the Bengals side, side. right? Right off the bat. And I don't know yeah. what would they go blue, blue on the Rams side, or would they also just take an orange? I mean, I guess they've got yellow. Yeah. I'd go orange probably because you're not sure. You know the Bengals are going orange. You don't know what the Rams are necessarily going to do. Or you just hedge and do all three. Ten bucks on all three. All oh, the odds are a long shot. You know what I mean? It's all four. And then they odds. pour water on them and just and screw you, it. Yeah, purple. Like like an orange team and a blue team, and they pour purple because they mix the colors. Some of that alcoholic Baja Blast Mountain Dew coming out of those things. Did you hear about that? Saw that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. Can I have <laughs> that at your Super Bowl party, Nick? No, I'm not. Oh, you're no fun. All right, oh, let's get out. Is of that here. even out? I didn't know that it was like seriously out. They're talking about it. I don't no. know. They always talk about everything, Chris. I don't know how things work. All right, we're out of here. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Big Play Reflog show. It was a lot of fun. Hope you guys were able to tolerate me in the driver's seat next week. Big Play Dave is back. Huge thanks to Shaq News. Go check them out, shacknews.com. Download the Shaq Pets app. Vote on cute pets. It's like Tinder for pets. Who doesn't love that? I downloaded it. It's a whole lot of fun. Go get a GV shirt. Drink some Labatt. Check a giveaway for tsecleveland.com. You guys know the drill. We'll be back next week. Thanks so much, and we will see you then. It's time! Streaming live from Cleveland, Ohio! Presenting the undefeated, undisputed heavyweight podcast of the world, the Big Play Reflog Show!